You're listening to Beat Autoimmune and Thrive, the podcast all about reversing and preventing autoimmune conditions so you can live your most vibrant life as soon as possible. We talk about autoimmune root causes, actionable solutions, and inspirational healing stories. I'm Palmer Kippola, and I used to have MS. Today, I'm an author, a speaker, a functional medicine certified health coach, a pickleball player, and nature lover who's helped thousands of people reclaim their health and their best lives. Let's dive into this episode. Hello and welcome. I am thrilled to be joined by Holly Bertone today. She is a project management professional. She's got a master's degree from Johns Hopkins University, and she's a certified natural health practitioner. She is the number one Amazon bestselling author of the book, Thriving in the Workplace with Autoimmune Disease, Know Your Rights, Resolve Conflict, and Reduce Stress, which is the first book ever to educate others on autoimmune disease as a legal disability in the U.S. workplace. Holly is a highly sought-after speaker and wellness expert, the leading authority on autoimmune disease in the workplace, and gratitude evangelist. Holly is currently the president and CEO of Pink Fortitude, founder of Fortitude Academy, and the health and wellness website, pinkfortitude.com. Now, Holly is a breast cancer and Hashimoto survivor. Her passion is to help women view their chronic illness as a gift and to unwrap resilience using a proven, proven method to build fortitude with gratitude. And that's why Holly is here with me today to discuss how we can accelerate healing when we proactively practice gratitude. Welcome, Holly. I'm thrilled that you're here. Thank you so much, Palmer. And yeah, I'm excited to to be on this and yeah, just share everything about gratitude. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, you've got you've got quite a story because you have the double whammy, right, mm-hmm. of both breast cancer and an autoimmune condition, which I find to be sometimes rare, but becoming more and more common. More and more and common. I, I it is indeed. And we always like to start with story. So if you can take us back and maybe help us go through your accelerated healing journeys, I know that there was a lot to it, but give us the highlights on what happened and what you do to overcome both of those conditions. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And, you know, and I was, before I got sick, I was kind of self-proclaimed quintessential um, overachiever. So I uh, climbed to the top of the corporate ladder, had a great uh, six-figure job. I raced Xterra races, which are the off-road mountain bike races. I also raced mountain bikes, rock climb, traveled all over, just kind of had that perfect life, as they say. And um, I was, uh, I had gone through all of the tests, but ended up getting my official diagnosis on my 39th birthday, uh, my doctor called and said that I was uh, had the diagnosis of breast cancer. <clears throat> and he said, don't worry, it's the good kind, which, um, yeah, probably not the best thing for a doctor to say. Um, so I had to unpack that. And then two days later, my boyfriend and I went out to dinner and he got down on one knee and proposed. So in 48 mm. hours, it was, you have breast cancer and will you marry me? And I spent that uh, nine months going through treatment. I went, I had a surgery, chemo, and then radiation and trying to be a sexy fiance and 
um, you know, trying to, to navigate what all of these changes meant, um, also was inheriting a stepson um, as well. So it was just a year of a lot of changes. And we ended up getting married 10 days after treatment ended. Mm-hmm. And I never got better. I just kept getting sicker and sicker. And, you know, the doctors were like, oh, well, your body's been through a lot. You know, it's going to take a while. And I'm like, okay, a year ago, I was racing Xterra's like really brutal triathlons. Um, the girls in support group, they're all running these like pink ribbon 5k races. I can't get out of bed. Something's wrong. So it took a year of me just pushing my doctors for tests. And then I was finally diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is the autoimmune component of hypothyroidism. And at that point I was, I think after breast cancer, I was kind of in a different place than someone just getting the diagnosis for the first time. I was like, okay, I have a diagnosis now, give me my medicine and just let it all be better. And little did I know that my doctor, first of all, was giving me the wrong medicine. And second of all, yeah, uh, breast cancer was bad for nine months, but autoimmune disease kicked my booty for yeah nine years. <laughs> so um, that was a, that was an interesting comparison, but I always kind of say I was, you know, as the overachiever, um, prior to getting sick and, um, had to do the overachieving thing by getting not one, but two life altering illnesses, uh, back to back. So yeah, that was my crazy story. Wow. It's a, there's lots in there. Um, and one of the things that you mentioned is the overachiever and the driven type a personality. And this is one of the known autoimmune personalities. So we know that this striving, overachieving, you know, frankly, you know, putting ourselves second because there's other people to put ahead of us, um, those are classic in terms of the setup. So when you look back, because hindsight is always more clear than when we're in the midst of something, did you feel like you understood your why, why you got the breast cancer, why the Hashimoto's, did that become more clear to you? So about a month into my breast cancer diagnosis, um, I just, I don't know. I just had this little like tap, 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 like just realized breast cancer was my gift. And I didn't know what that meant, but that was just kind of the download that I got. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I always joked about, you know, getting breast cancer on my birthday, right? Like most girls get earrings or flowers, maybe a nice dinner. My gift was breast cancer. And I kind of joked about it. And one day it was like, oh, my gift was breast cancer. And I didn't know what that meant at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, But to back up, my mother was actually diagnosed with Addison's disease when she was pregnant with me. And this was back in 1971. Don't do the math. Please don't do the math. Um, but 1971, they didn't have the internet, you know, I mean, it's still to this day, a very rare adrenal disorder, but back then the doctors didn't know anything. And they're like, well, we don't even know if you're going to live, let alone, you know, your baby. We don't think you're going to live past the age of 30, like all this horrible stuff. And, um, she actually lived until 74, I think what she was when she passed. So she lived a very full life, but through her bouts of being very sick, she always said it builds fortitude. And I never really knew what that meant until, 
you know, my back-to-back diagnosis. And I was like, oh, this is what she means. It builds fortitude. Right. And yeah, you know, you go through the hard times and I'm like, yeah, it builds fortitude. This, this kind of stuff gives you the strength to go on. And then it wasn't until later that I realized the it that she was talking about was gratitude. I was like, oh, it's the gratitude that builds the fortitude. And yeah, that kind of got me on the whole gratitude journey and studying about it and realizing that, yeah, it's, it's not just a thing that I grew up with and learning from my mother all those years, but there's science behind it. And yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool thing. I love it. I love it. And that's why we're here and we're going to dig into the gratitude piece, but I, I don't want to gloss over the healing journey because it's so multifactorial. We know there are many, many factors involved. So, and I know a bit about your healing journey and that you had to look at food. You had to look at infections like candida. Um, You had to start removing toxins and deal with stress. So there's a lot that you did proactively and maybe talk a bit about, you know, what you found to be some of the, the highlights of your journey in that regard. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I'm a, I'm an open book. Um, the, the, it took about five years. I just, those first five years, I was kind of in that place where I thought that I was, this was my lot in life. This was the cards that were handed to me that I was just supposed to be sick. And I'm dealing with extreme mm. fatigue and migraines and, you know, extreme that ba- I called them space shuttle launch, launches, extreme bouts of diarrhea, um, you know, just horrible, horrible conditions. And I was like, okay, this is, you know, I've been really sick. I, this is my life now. And again, watching, you know, kind of my mother, I was like, well, maybe there, you know, there's no cure there's, you know, whatever. But then I started about five years into my journey, started really learning about, you know, kind of the, the root cause healing and functional medicine and holistic healing. And, um, it was one of those things overnight. I wish I would have had a party, but overnight, um, eliminated gluten sh- and sugar. And, um, that instantly was the migraines were gone overnight. Mm. And, but it's also started the, you know, kind of candida. I was, it was like literally coming out of my pores. It was disgusting. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that was a really big needle mover, just removing gluten. I then removed, um, dairy as well. And was kind of in and out of uh, a vegan diet. Now I am, you know, years later, predominantly plant-based, but I do eat, um, you know, a a little bit of meat, Um, but mostly paleo at this, at this point, that was a big needle mover. I also uh, embarked on a journey of removing toxins in my life in terms of cleaning products and beauty products and just all of the stuff in our home. Um, you know, just as one thing ended, um, you know, I just purchased something new or I may figure out how to make my own. And that was a really big, you know, part of the healing journey and then not to get too gross, but, um, going through a a really big detox and parasites. And that was another big piece of the healing journey. And then I think kind of the, the explanation point to all of that was the emotional healing, Mm. Um, I didn't realize, like, I thought all like, you know, going gluten-free at the time, you know, was hard, but looking back, I was like, oh, that was easy to do, you know, like, oh, changing the products that I use, like, oh, that was easy to do. But, uh, you know, even parasites, I was like, ah, that's easy to do. But you look at the emotional stuff. I was like, 
Ooh, that's hard work. <laughs> and that was, that was also a really good needle mover um, was really that emotional piece of it. And I was like, really emotions have that big of an impact on your health. Oh yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. That's a, that's a wonderful recognition. And I am so right there with you. I mean, food check, that's easy stuff, right? I mean, sometimes it takes a little bit of fortitude just to get yourself going. But once you start seeing progress and changes, it's easier to keep going, right? Parasites. I know nobody wants to talk about them. We see this each and every day and the stuff that comes out is disgusting and it takes way longer than anybody wants it to. But you're absolutely right. I completely resonate with the emotional healing piece. This is the stuff that is not only hidden, like we oftentimes can't even see it and we don't even realize it's there that things get stuck. And there's that expression, the issues are in the tissues, right? They stay there until we can free them and get them out. And so when you look back on that journey and that being a big needle mover for you, were there any practices that you did for the emotional healing work or people that you look to or videos that you watched? Like if you were going to counsel somebody and say, you know, emotional healing, you got to get on this piece what are maybe a couple of things that you would suggest? Um, well, the first pay, the first big piece was stress. And, um, and that's, I guess, falls in and out of the emotional component. Um, but my health got so bad in 2017 that I actually had to resign uh, from a very nice job. And that gave me the time to really have that quiet space to focus on my health and to minimize the stress. And, you know, even though, you know, we lost half of our family's income and, you know, you could consider the financial impact of that. Um, but it was kind of leaving that lifestyle, which obviously I'm not saying, oh, hey, everyone go out and quit your job. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, kind of identifying those pieces that are causing the big stress components. And that was that was big for me um, was to have that time to be able to heal Um, but then just a lot of, a lot of, uh, tapping EFT tapping and a lot of introspection, a lot of journaling, um, a lot of meditation. And it wasn't like it was a a light switch. I mean, it wasn't an on off. Um, but it's, it was certainly, and, and if, do I have time for a quick story? Please love the stories. So this is, and I think people can resonate with this, but, um, poor customer service is one of, was, was one of my triggers. And it was one of those, like, I just felt like I was a magnet, was a magnet (laughs) to poor customer service. And it just like, it brought out the worst in me. I mean, like head spinning, split pea soup, the whole thing. Right. And we were on, my husband and I were on a road trip a few years ago and we were driving back. We're in the middle of nowhere. It was late at night. We had been driving all day and I had called. We're in the middle of nowhere. The hotel was like, oh yeah, yeah, we have a room. Long story short, there was this huge issue with the room to the point where it, we had to wait to get it. It was the air conditioner was broken. It was 90 degrees outside. It was hot and the air conditioner wasn't just broken, but it was one of those air conditioners that all of it was dripping on the floor. Mm-hmm. So the floor was like, you know, that, that squishy carpet. I don't even want to think about the mold in that room. And they didn't have any towels. 
And when I went down to the front desk and it was just like a horrible day for the manager, everyone walked out on him and it was just like this epically horrible day. And we walked down to see if they had any towels, which they didn't. And my husband was just waiting for me to just literally explode and give the manager a talking to. Right. And I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, I cannot even imagine the bad day that you've had. Mm. Um, and he gave us this like tiny little washcloth that we <laughs> like sharing as a towel. It was crazy. And I was like, thank you so much for our room and a place to sleep tonight. And, you know, we're just, you know, full of gratitude that we have a place to sleep, even though the conditions aren't ideal and, you know, turn around and walk back up to the room. My husband comes like, what happened to you? <laughs> what did you do with my wife? <laughs> like he was ready to see a fight. And, yeah. and it was in that instant, I didn't even plan it. I didn't think about it. The words just came out of my mouth and I was like, oh, that's how it works. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is such evidence of you building that muscle, yes. right? Yes. It's just like going to the gym. You can't expect that you're going to get, you know, toned fit muscles just by doing it once. Yep. Exactly. It's an exactly. attitude of it gratitude. Is. It is. Yeah. And I, I just love all of those modalities that you mentioned and the fact that it doesn't happen like a, a bolt of lightning, right. right? I mean, it's kind of a gradual process and sometimes we get impatient yeah. and want it to speed up. But I love that you mentioned all of these modalities because they're really practices. These are yeah. things that we have to do. And I, I want you to talk about some of them, but um, let's talk about the science because I think some people need more motivation for like, why in the world are you asking me to be grateful? Grateful. Mm -hmm. I feel awful. This is, you know, I'll be grateful when this is gone. Yeah. But yeah. I contend and often talk about that the gift comes when you can see the gift in your illness and the meaning faster. Yeah. Like let's not wait for hindsight the people that do better that I work with are the ones that have that attitude of gratitude mm -hmm. and that are just every moment or every minute, there's something to be grateful for. Right. So help us to understand that science. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I was reading the other day, they said that, you know, gratitude doesn't come from happiness. Happiness comes from gratitude. Mm. So that was so profound um, but you know, you think about it like, all right, so let's say for an example, you're 50 pounds overweight and you decide to eat a salad every day for lunch on Friday, you're not going to lose 50 pounds. Does that make sense? Like it's totally. the same concept. Yes. It's something that it is a practice. It is a muscle and you have to be consistent. And, you know, the more you develop a gratitude practice and, you know, really kind of get into mindset, the, you know, the, the, the easier the, the ball kind of keeps rolling. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And Dr. Robert Emmons is pretty much the leading um, uh, psychologist and doctor on the science of gratitude. There's a lot of studies. There's so many different studies, but one of my favorites, and, and I'm going to quote kind of one and then um, this the second in a, in a uh, grouping. So the first one is from Psychology Today. Seven of the scientific benefits of gratitude that it opens the door to relationships. It improves physical health. It enhances empathy and reduces aggression. 
yeah, hello, customer service. <laughs> um, sleep better, which yes, hello, I'm all for that. Improved self-esteem, improved psychological health, and it increases what they call mental strength and what I call fortitude. So, so I always say that gratitude, gratitude builds fortitude. Um, but interestingly, there were several studies and case studies that they looked at collective trauma victims and they were different studies. So they looked at victims of 9-11. They looked at victims of a school shooting. They looked at victims of an earthquake and um, victims of uh, the Vietnam or uh, PTSD uh, soldiers with PTSD from the Viet- Vietnam war. So anything from current to obviously many, many years ago, and they looked at the effects of gratitude as it relates to PTSD from these collective traumatic events. And interestingly, across the board, every single time, those who embarked on a gratitude practice and practiced gratitude saw improvements and, and decrease in the amount of PTSD effects. So, um, you know, not just from a kind of a singular, this works for me, but also from kind of a group trauma and a collective trauma, which I find fascinating, you know, and especially the, the last year that we had, um, you know, as, as a collective kind of going through this together, um, you know, how powerful gratitude is. Such a wonderful point. I love that. Um, really that people have been able to measure this. And so for people that are kind of resistant to this because they may have a glass half empty perspective on life, Mm -hmm. you know, this is something that I just encourage people to try, right? I mean, just to try something really small and be to notice what's going right, to notice what's working well, because we have this, this bias, this default that tends to go to what's going wrong, that tends to focus on the negative. And I believe, not my own personal belief, but my understanding of what happens and my own personal experiences, what we focus on expands. Yes, yes. So when we start focusing on things that we can be grateful for, we get more to be grateful for. Yes. Right? I yes. love that quote that you mentioned that it's not happiness that builds gratitude, it's gratitude that builds happiness. So even taking small steps. So what can people do to begin this practice? What what do you suggest to people so that they can get in the habit of being more grateful or just trying this? Oh, sure. And, you know, and, and just to kind of piggyback on what you just said, you know, when, when you're in that space of gratitude, first of all, they also uh, scientifically proven that gratitude and negative emotions cannot occupy the same space in your mind. So even if it's for that moment of time and you're in a place of, <clears throat> sorry, you're in a place of gratitude, that is all that's there. Mm-hmm. So that's wonderful. Yeah, excuse me. So, um, but we're also activating the reticular activating system, which um, I always kind of like, I uh, recently, my car had a a hit and run and was totaled. No one was Mm. in it. It was parked. Um, But I just have a brand new uh, Hyundai Kona. I never even knew the Kona existed. I had actually wanted a Tucson and the Kona was more my size. So I didn't even know the car existed. And now I see the Kona everywhere on the road, everywhere I go, there's a Kona. 
So it's the reticular activating system that, you know, kind of what you, what you were talking about, what you focus on that's there. And it's so easy to be in a place of outside of a chronic illness, but to focus on, you know, Facebook and how many likes and, you know, what everyone else is doing in their wonderful lives on Facebook and, and the, compare, the comparing or watching the news and so much negativity going on. And, you know, not to mention, you know, our, you know, ourselves and our chronic illness and, you know, kind of looking at, at it from, from that perspective and focusing on the negative. But when you flip that switch and focus, like you said, you were talking about focus on gratitude, that expands exactly what you said. And, you know, a kind of the, the reticular activating system. So you now start seeking out, right? You now start seeing gratitude everywhere. And you start seeking out situations. Like when I wake up every day, I'm like, okay, I wonder what wonderful things that are going to happen today that I'm going to be grateful for. Like that's my new attitude, Mm. right? I used to wake up like I could barely get out of bed. And my, you know, I used to wake up saying, oh, gee, I wonder what one thing I can get done today that I'll have energy for. So, um, yeah, so that is very, very powerful. And, you know, it's, it's, it it does sound cliche and you have to start somewhere though. And, you know, first thing in the morning, right before you go to bed, think of three things, five things, 10 things, one thing, right. That you're grateful for and start there. And it does sound kind of corny and I know people roll their eyes, but you have to start somewhere and you can really grow your practice from there. And, you know, be at a point where you can even set an alarm on your phone that, you know, once an hour, you just kind of look around and say, okay, what am I grateful for? Um, You can do a round robin at the dinner table. You know, what are, what are you grateful for um, today? You know, different things like that. You can go out in nature and take a walk and just start naming all the different things that you see that are, you know, beautiful, that you're, you're grateful for when you're out grocery shopping or before a meal. Um, you know, some people say grace, or you can say your, your gratitude say, okay, thank you for the, the farmers who grew these fruits and vegetables and for the cashiers at the store, you know, for them to, you know, have the jobs to be able to work here so that I can get my groceries, things like that. It's, and it doesn't have to be big and profound. You start small and, and it just becomes a ripple. And, you know, I kind of like to say, um, and, I, and I do have a, 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 a little gratitude challenge that, you know, I say you start week number one with your gratitude dis- or uh, your attitude of gratitude, just, you know, really digging into that mindset aspect. And the second week, focus on gratitude to self and all the things that you're grateful for. You know, week number three, focus on gratitude to others, your family, your friends. And then week number four, just kind of your community and the world around mm. you and different ways to just express gratitude in that in that capacity. And um, there's one now, Dr. Robert Emmons is a you know world-renowned doctor and the leading authority on gratitude, but I differ with him and I honestly think that I'm right in that he says that you can't be gratitude to yourself based on the energy or something of how gratitude works. And I'm like, "Mm, no, I disagree because I think we can be grateful for, and I think it is important, especially with an autoimmune disease, with a chronic illness to be grateful for how our body works and for Mm. the healing powers that our body has. 
and to be grateful for that space that I can eat, you know, organic fruits and vegetables that are going to feed me and nourish my soul and, you know, give me energy and be good for my body. Right. I can be grateful for being able to take a walk, you know, maybe today it's just around the block, maybe tomorrow it's a mile. Right. But I can get moving. And to be grateful for how wonderful our body is to, you know, get into the emotions and the mindset. And you know what? I am grateful for a brain that can work for me instead of against me. Right. So, yeah, we do kind of disagree, but I think I'm right on that. You know what? I think I'm going to put some money on you on that one because I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, why wouldn't you just be grateful for all of those things? Because if... If what you focus on expands and we want healing, right? We want, we want improved immunity. When you start to feel that feeling, it's not just having thoughts about things because that kind of cuts our brain off from our heart. I I really Mm -hmm. believe that you have to feel in your heart, those things that you're grateful for to really get into that feeling place. And that helps to accelerate you getting there. And one of the keys that I just wanted to touch on um, you mentioned just being grateful for, for the really small things, whether it's just walking around the block, walking to the mailbox, if you mm-hmm. can, right? Some people are starting, you know, with just walking period, you know, can be difficult. There are people yeah. that have symptoms that keep them from doing that. The challenge with some people I have found is they're waiting until they're better. They're waiting, yeah. right? And so speak a little bit about the importance of just getting started now versus waiting until you're all better. If you can, and I don't know if that's part of your own healing journey, but I think there's so much power in just getting started without waiting for perfection. So I want to share, I'm going to answer your question, but I'm also going to kind of follow up with a little story. Um, So here's the thing is that we as human beings like to identify with something, right? So for example, I'm an army wife, I'm a stepmother, I'm a pug mama, right? (laughs) Like, so all these different identities that we have, I'm a redhead, you know, whatever. Um, All these different identities that we have, there's usually something that attaches to that identity, something within that group of people that has some type of collective that we identify, you know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, Christian or a Catholic or a Muslim or a Buddhist or, you know, whatever there's, there's, you know, whether it's religion, whatever, whatever that kind of collective group, we identify with something as human beings, we want to feel like we belong and we have that identity, right? Good or bad. It doesn't matter. Now, when we get that diagnosis, all of a sudden we've gone from being a whatever, right? To now that is our focus and that is our identity. And that ends up consuming us, right? And not in a bad way all the time. We have to find ways to get healthy, right? But to be in that perpetual place of I'm a victim and this is my identity and this is who I am and I'm never going to change, right? That's where we can really shift in terms of kind of gratitude and mindset that, you know, for example, I was single and then I got married, right? I did not have a pet and now I have a dog. So things like that shift all the time. You know, these, these, these identities, not like it's every day, you know, your big identities, but they can shift. So for example, instead of, I am sick, I have this illness, I am, you know, whatever, you know, start 
start focusing your, your identity on, I am full of gratitude, right? And that's where it starts. You don't even, you can think about, Hey, I'm a healthy person or, you know, whatever, but to go from being very sick and to think that I'm very healthy is that's, that's too far of a stretch, but to say, I am full of gratitude. I'm a person who is full of gratitude. That is my new identity. And to really start, um, you know, kind of focusing on that, then that's when the magic starts to happen. Does that make sense? So that's when so perfect. It's beautiful. That's how we can really deepen that relationship with gratitude. Mm. And and like I said, I mean, identity is neutral. It's it's it could be good, bad, or otherwise. But the moment that we speak that identity, then the beliefs that all surround that identity come to life. So now we're shifting that belief system, right? From I'm a sick person to I am full of gratitude. And then guess what? We start looking for more gratitude or gratitude happens around us. And it's just this perpetual cycle that starts turning in our favor instead of against us. And a really quick story, and it's super cute, right? And um, I actually share this when I do gratitude with the kids, but there was a bucket and the bucket was crying. And the man says, bucket, why are you crying? And the bucket says, well, I have all these holes. And whenever we walk down to the river to get water, and we come back, you know, I have all these holes and the water just disappears and we get back to the house and I hardly have any water. And the other bucket, you know, you carry the water, it's full of water. The other bucket, I want to be like the other bucket. I don't want to have all these holes. And, you know, the other bucket sometimes even makes fun of me. So I'm really sad that I don't feel like I'm a whole bucket. Right. And the man says, oh, dear bucket, don't cry. He goes, look over there. Do you see? that path of beautiful flowers, I planted seeds. I planted wildflower seeds. And every day on the way back on your side, those holes, the water waters, all of these beautiful flowers. And now there's a path with beautiful flowers that people can enjoy. They can pick and take home to their loved ones. And, you know, this is, this is your gift to the world, right? I would never change those holes. I would never, you know, this is your gift to the world that you water these beautiful flowers. And um, that story, it just, it really stays with me, has such strong, um, what's the word I want to say? It's just such a strong analogy Mm -hmm. that, you know, we kind of come into this life and stuff happens, right? And every time something happens, we break a little bit inside. So are we going to, you know, take all this and the the mess that goes on, whether it's financial or divorce or health or, you know, someone passed away or whatever, right? That like that life gives us, right? And it all kind of compounds and we can take this mess and we can say, you know what, this is now our message. This is our gift. And we're going to go out there and we're going to water the fields and make beautiful flowers. And, you know, that's really how I try to wake up every day is to be in that space of, you know, what kind of gift can I give back to the world, you know, regardless of, of how I feel, even on my bad days, you know, you can you, just a positive comment on Facebook or sending a text message to a friend or just saying thank you to someone, you know, even on the worst days when you have zero energy, there are still things that you can do, right, that start that ripple effect into the world. Beautiful, beautiful. Holly, I I love that so much. And I'm thinking of that, the guy who was the hotel manager and 
you had an opportunity to rip him apart with your, you know, with a negative attitude, yeah. right? Because sometimes we feel vindicated or that we have this righteous indignation and yes. you were right, but it, the, on the larger level, right, you helped to make him right. You helped the collective by spreading yeah. love. And that is a choice that each and every one of us has in every moment of every right. day, no matter how sick and tired we feel. And I just, I couldn't be more grateful to have gotten to know you over the last couple of years. And every time I encounter you, I just experience your joy and your gratitude. It comes through. You're such a positive person. You're always so supportive of people in the community that we're part of. And I'm I'm really grateful. And I, I mean that from my heart. I'm so glad that we've had an opportunity to have this conversation. I think it will help spread those ripples that are so badly needed on the individual level and the collective level. Yes. Oh, Palmer, thank you so much for your kind words and 100% reciprocated. You've just such a sweetheart and a sweet spirit and just spreading so much great information to, you know, help our community with autoimmune disease and just such a supportive friend as well. Thank you. Well, we are on the same team, my friend. So I'm just thrilled to know you. Do you have any last words of wisdom or anything that you'd like to share before we close? Um, I mean, just, you know, like I said, every day it can be something. It, It doesn't have to be big or grandiose. Just start small and let the ripple effect happen. And just realize that there is a gift inside of you. You just have to unwrap it and let it shine. And with that, Holly, such a pleasure. You are a treasure and may your gratitude just ripple out into the world because that's what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, share it with your friends and family. And if you feel inspired, please leave a quick review so other people can find it too. Now, if you want to beat autoimmune and thrive, make sure you sign up for my free video training at freeautoimmunetraining.com. That's freeautoimmunetraining.com and watch the first video right away. Take good care. Bye for now.